UCLA is all said and done to join SC and head to the Big Ten. Right? Right? You sure about that? Well, the UC Regents, the leadership of the UC system, met today, and UCLA had to hear what could be their fate. Will they still move to the Big Ten? Let's get Locked On UCLA started, folks. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's your host, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, and it's time to get locked on UCLA. D1 play-by-play broadcaster, diehard Bruins fan. And finally, if you're watching on YouTube for the first time, you can see what I look like if you haven't added me on Twitter. Here we are, locked on UCLA Bruins fans. If you're listening at home, tuning in on our first YouTube show, get your hands in the air. Time for a face-to-face Bruin 8 clap, everybody. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U, C. UCLA fight 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 as we thank you for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each and every day it's free wherever you get your podcasts and even now on YouTube you can turn tune it in and turn it on watch it go back listen see my reactions although I've been told I have a reactionary face who knows maybe you think my face is annoying and you'd rather listen it's all fair and dandy we know that LA traffic is brutal school starting And let's get down to business. Will UCLA still move to the Big Ten? My goodness. It was some leadership meeting. And there's a big meeting at UCLA at the the Luskin Center. And it was reported by a variety of sources. You know, mainly you've covered like Ben Bolch. He was there reporting on the news. And initially, there was this interim report released by the Regents, which covered three basic sources of concern for UCLA's move to the Big Ten, maybe the most primary source of concern for UCLA and their move to the Big Ten was simply because the regents weren't happy that UCLA did it without telling them and took power to move without even telling the the higher-ups, let's say, at the UC system that they're moving to the Big Ten. That's maybe the biggest outcry of this whole situation that's going on right now. Two, another source of concern that the regents came up with this interim quote-unquote report was that simply UCLA and their student-athletes will have to deal with a little more trouble. And three, with this being a UC leadership meeting consulting UCLA and their move to the Big Ten or potential maybe move to the Big Ten, is whether or not the Bruins will affect the rest of the UC school. So they labeled in this little report side-by-side every UC school all the way from UCLA to Cal and Berkeley all the way down to UC Merced listing how many male athletes they had, how many female athletes they had, what was their budget. And interesting enough, UCLA does not have the most amount of athletes at the D1 level in the UC system. It's actually Cal who's got more male and female athletes, but UCLA's budget is bigger. That was something I took note of. Cal's budget for their athletic department with their 829 athletes compared to UCLA's 686, if I wrote this down correctly. Cal's budget came out to $91.7 million. UCLA has a budget 
of just over $110 million. So UCLA, despite less athletes, has a bigger budget, and that was one of the sources of concern. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Initially with this report, the meeting, it just seemed like people didn't really know what was going on. There was a region who I saw said something along the like of, can Cal move to the Pac-10? Yes, that was a quoted question. You can look it up. It was reported. I think Ben Bulge tweeted it out. Yes, that was a real question that was asked. Hey, can Cal join the Pac-10? Yeah, they, they joined hundreds of years ago, a long time ago. It was the PCC and all that stuff, which we'll get to in depth in our Throwback Thursday segment to end this show. But it just seems like people don't get what's the bigger game at play. It just seems to be a power grab as we're taking things away from the gridiron today and talking, is it very possible that UCLA could be stopped from moving to the Big Ten? And in the late addendum to the meeting, there was a regent, John Perez, who says, despite a 1991 shifting of the power from the regents over to the universities and their presidents and saying, all right, the universities can dictate more athletic types of moves. So the regents don't necessarily need to be consulted. And what the regents are saying here today, yeah, we gave you that power, but it doesn't mean we can't stop you. So late, later in the night, before this episode has been released, it's saying, all right, we can actually maybe stop you. And other regents are quoted as saying, all options are available. That's kind of scary if you ask me. UCLA to the Big Ten is not a done deal. Is it really a question of what's needed? To be show- I, I don't know what's going on with these people. Asking me whether I like the move in the first place is one thing, but the financials speak for themselves. And with all these big, massive, ginormous media deals, these TV rights deals that are being negotiated, UCLA's move to the Big Ten is a simple one. Yes, Now the regents are trying to stick their hands in it and say all options are available. So this is a saga where it kind of initially started with Gavin Newsom, the the California governor. He was not there, regardless of what you think of him. He was saying, all right, hey, what about this move from the UC system? And then the UC regents followed up and eventually came to this meeting with an interim report. That's the key word, interim report. And for the Bruins... It's still possibly up in the air that by 2024, will they be a Big Ten member or will they be a part of the functioning, maybe probably falling apart Pac-12 conference? It's It just boggles my mind. This whole meeting, which kind of seemed like a joke to begin with, and all of a sudden the regents are saying, we have the power still that they can still make something happen where UCLA might not make it to the Big Ten. Will that actually happen? I don't think that'll happen. Would that drive a lot of story and just, my goodness, there's there would be no words if they blocked this move for UCLA to the Big Ten. Well, I, there's just no words. We'll go over these three sources of concern for and from the regents from this interim report I mentioned to them How are the athletes, the student-athletes, going to fare? How is this going to affect the other UC schools? And three, do the regents have power? Well, the regents still do have power, and 
Did they give away delegation? There's technically a vote in September. We'll talk about that. But first, some key, key words from our sponsors. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. Think of calling for a ride, but you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. Or the odds will get pulled over anyway. Even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. Still, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think it's okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It's not that hard these days. just takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So as we transition now into this second segment for Locked On UCLA today, what were those three sources of concern in the Regents interim report? As I mentioned, one, what is it going to look like for the UC schools? All the UC schools, they grouped in everybody from UCLA to UC Merced, Berkeley, UC Santa Barbara, Irvine, everything in between. Some schools and leaving out, yes, UC Davis, all sorts of things. They grouped the UCs together. They laid it down spot by spot. And after all was said and done, they listed every single UC school in this report. You can go click on it, find it online, look at that interim report. I read it. And there's a lot of words from the start, from the background to it, to what they actually care about. They listed, as I mentioned before, UCLA student-athletes next to Cal student-athletes. And while Cal supports more student-athletes, UCLA's got a bigger budget, close to, say, $20 million more for UCLA's athletic, de- athletic department budget compared to Cal's. So after all was said and done, they went down how this would affect the schools. The only school that this move would affect is Cal. And what some of the UCLA people might be saying is, hey, why do we care about Cal? This is about us trying to get better. And in in this interim report, they acknowledge the importance of how the driving factor behind how these moves are money and how it can benefit people. It's listed in the report. It says this is how the... College Football Association, the old CFA that used to negotiate media deals for certain conferences, not the Big Ten or what used to be the Pac-10, ironically enough, but it used to negotiate these media deals for the likes of the ABCs and the CBSs. And it says the only true school that will be affected from UCLA moving to the Big Ten is Cal because they don't got their buddy. And it's like, what? Yes, the the smaller mid-major schools, or not even the D1 schools, the NAIs or the D3 schools of the UCs, they won't truly be affected unless UCLA stops scheduling them in other games, which I don't think that will happen. It could, it could certainly. But the true thing that they're looking at here is that UCLA will just mess up Cal. Okay. We'll, we'll get over that. Number two. Maybe the most important of 
all the things that were being researched here. How will the student athletes with this move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten be greatly affected? We've seen the jokes that some part of Rutgers is a little closer to Iceland than it is to UCLA. I forgot what city it is. It just is. It's a long travel from UCLA to Rutgers and back and forth in the Big Ten than it is to go, what, as far east to the Colorados and the Utahs, the Arizona schools for conference battles. That's not too bad. You start to flip the scripts when you move into much longer territory, much longer travel during just simple conference play during the Januaries, the Februaries, the late Decembers, closer to finals for these student-athletes, which is a fair argument, I could say, for the Regents and the UCs, which hold themselves to higher standards than most in terms of the academic worlds. Not exactly the Ivies, but it is very tough to get into a lot of these UC schools, especially the UCLA's and the Cal's on this list. And what they said about these student-athletes, they listed out eight sports specifically. Baseball, men's soccer, and men's tennis. Those are the three men's sports. Five female sports, including women's soccer, softball, gymnastics, women's volleyball, and women's tennis. Eight sports that will have their travel impacted by more than 24 hours because of all the traveling they'll have to do. Almost a full day wasted because of this extra travel put on because of the move to to the Big Ten. Okay, that's a fair argument. But what the UCLA side of thing is, despite this big budget, they've been in a massive deficit because of the failed deal with Under Armour and them pulling out. And while they got the nice new deal with Jordan Brand and all these other things, UCLA has been operating with a deficit, a massive debt. And they're thinking about what about these Olympic sports going forward in the future? Well, UCLA is finding a way to save them by making millions of more dollars, millions of more by moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And there's a little sidebar put in there that saying that said USC almost represented at least a nine to ten million dollar loss for all these Pac-12 schools, just SC leaving. So it almost left UCLA no choice. You're with the deficit. You're losing money. A small possibility Martin Jamond will have to be put up to a tough ask in future years without this move of what sports don't make the cut. We saw Stanford make that move recently. Yes, Stanford, before bringing back, like I said, sport of men's volleyball. They had they went with the ax, and they've got a lot of money over there at Stanford. UCLA, a UC school, a public university, you move and get that Big Ten money, and that just makes sense. You can make a lot more money doing things like getting the advanced and extra media dollars and help change those sports. And why you didn't hear the likes of men's basketball, football, or women's basketball in that list is because those sports are chartered. And football, you're there not too long on your cross-country trips there and back. And men's basketball, women's basketball, chartered. So those other sports having to deal with the commercial flights, their travel could be affected by a day greater, 24 hours. That's how it was said. And it helps being funded by moving to the Big Ten. So that's, wow, you've heard all these things before. Now it's coming up to fruition with all these regions making their points being heard. So. Now we move to point three, their third emphasis of concern 
in what is this interim report. Reminder, interim report. That's the word they use at the top. It says interim report. The regents voting in September about the delegation of authority, the power in regards to athletics, not just the academics, but something going back to 1991 where the regents kind of gave way to the universities. A 1991 UC system policy that had delegated the authority where the campuses, such as the campus chancellors, could figure out what they wanted to do with their own athletic future. Now, what the regents are now saying is we can step in and in future big athletic decisions, we can make and help with these decisions. So the initial reaction, once this meeting was finished initially, you know, say hours before recording this podcast, it just seemed like, all right, in the future, there's a future vote in September from what I gathered in my understanding of this. And UCLA will be like, all right, we get through. It's fine. Now, Things kind of accelerated in the complete opposite direction, not just a simple move in September to say, all right, this isn't happening in the future. The regents are saying something right now can be done about this, right here, right now. And it says verbatim, all options are open. John Perez, that region I mentioned, I mentioned says regents can pretty much still block the move. They still have the power. They still have the authority. They never gave it up. They just said, you have some power to make your own moves. But the question is, why do they care? Why? Because Cal isn't going to get some money? Because student-athletes, rightfully so, will be affected with some travel, not just the big money sports, but the ones we're forgetting about. Okay. Well, this is where... We're all confused. UCLA is doing this to better themselves, and the regents are just throwing what I might say is a little fit. They lost their power, and now UCLA took advantage. And what they're saying is UCLA didn't come to them before this decision was made. They kind of went through limited movements for a limited topics, limited talking to the regents, and UCLA with this interim report got those three feedbacks back, and now it's a little scary. Will this Big Ten move happen? I think so. But it might be a little more troubling moving forward. That's something to look out for. There will be a lot more repercussions. Just from this posting of this episode after, I think the story might be a little more interesting. It shouldn't be. It should be a month old by now. But we will wait and see how this progresses meanwhile we progress into our final segment throwback thursday speaking of conference alignment we'll get to that in just a moment but first some words from our friends at bet online betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device 
to learn more about the action happening today, bet online where the game starts. And speaking of the game, we're going to go back to a day and age here in our throwback Thursday segment where we remember maybe what could have been an interesting super conference. Yes, you could see the if you're watching YouTube, the blankets in the back there. Get all nice and cozy as we go back to the good old days. Remember the PCC, the Pacific Coast Conference, before the AAWU as UCLA, you know, an initial member, one of the old school charter members, if you will, before the PCC broke up and then finally became the Pac-8, Pac-10, and eventually the Pac-12 before everything went in. And what we're talking about here in this Throwback Thursday is a conference of what could have been. The Airplane Conference. Have you heard about that? The Airplane Conference? It was listed in this interim report in this backstory, this long backstory that I was kind of wondering, hey, why are they talking about the Airplane Conference? What is the Airplane Conference? So I did a little digging. It was a super conference proposal from Tom Hamilton, the athletic director from Pitt, and then he worked his way over to being the commissioner, the chancellor, just the man in power of the AAWU, where he left Pitt and then came over and said, all right, let's let's try to be someone important with this new idea. You know, a guy who wanted to combine coast to coast. We saw this with what was, you know, over a decade ago, I believe, the Pac-16 when Pac-12 tried to get the Texas and Oklahoma's of the of the day and age, and now since they've moved to the SEC. But this airplane conference, if you think about this, this was in the late 50s they had this idea. So brace yourselves for this, folks. It involved a conference from the former PCC members, UCLA, SC, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. Those were some charter members after they broke off from the PCC, if you remember, there was the Montanas way back when, the Oregon, Oregon States, all all those schools who have been in even much longer than the Arizona schools have been affiliated with these schools. So UCLA, SC, Washington, Stanford, and Cal in this airplane conference, Army, Navy, and Air Force. Yes, it was key that they got the service academies, the top service academies, and then you combine the East Coast with Notre Dame, Pitt, Penn State, and Syracuse. Yeah, think of that super conference. From coast to coast, the service academies, something that almost happened way back near the end of the 50s when the PCC dissolved. There were some disagreements. That was right when the Rose Bowl was continuing to be more of a selected game from Western, from Western teams and Big Ten teams not just random teams. It started to become something important. And the Airplane Conference was looking to formulate something important. Almost a super conference before its time, back in almost like the 1958-1959 years, as the AAWU was being formed. And then it didn't work while there's some other schools that may have been involved in this plan. Those are the schools I could find consistently enlisted in that plan. And mind you, this guy, Tom Hamilton, who was formerly an admiral in the Navy, he'd been an athletic director at Pitt 
and the Naval Academy and became the conference commissioner at the AAWU. Went from ties from the West, the East, and the service academies with the Eastern Independents, remind you. Penn State used to be an independent. Notre Dame, that speaks for itself. And the airplane conference, it didn't come to work. Well, why not? Why have we not heard of this airplane conference? Or if you have, why didn't it work with all these schools that could have been conference rivals for so long? Well, you think about it, the Pentagon is rumored to have opposed. There's various different reasonings for why this didn't work. But the Pentagon, because of the service academies involved, did not approve of this move. That was one rumored slash important detail. The Pentagon opposed because of the service academies being involved. That's why they were involved there. UCLA and Cal, it's funny enough, mentioned so much in this region's interim report. They tie them together one more time. And the faculty at that time, when initially the administrations between those schools were very friendly towards the big move, making the football money way back when, before the TV deals and even the radio deals, before these schools could truly make money, the faculty didn't want members with, quote-unquote, lesser academic standards. Lesser academic standards. So that is part of the reason why UCLA and Cal didn't want to go through with this. Although UCLA, I believe, put through a moment of and a voice their opinion saying we'd wanted to go through with this. And yet the airplane conference... Yes, this is a real thing. The late 50s, early 60s, some other problems involved a non-selection of one of the service academies to the Rose Bowl in the early 60s that may have played a portion and led to some ill will, if you will. Not even meant to be a pun there, but that's just how it is. And there was when Navy was passed over by the Rose Bowl, there was a... Pasadena Independent Star News report how the plan got knocked down when Navy didn't get a Rose Bowl bid and they instead chose Minnesota because of the Big Ten connection. So Pentagon didn't like it. UCLA, Cal rumored to not have liked it because of the said faculty wanting higher academic standards. Meanwhile, there is a 1958 Los Angeles Times report that said yeah, Notre Dame wanted to join a national conference. It'd be good for college football. And now here Notre Dame is independent all these years later. We'll have to maybe join some forces with the Locked On Irish and talk about this. You know, the former long time, it's been some time since those two teams, the Irish and the Bruins, were basketball rivals in non-conference for so long. But just imagine how the world would be different. The airplane conference. This was listed in this interim report I read. Do I know why it was listed in there? It was listed because they went over the background of conferences being realigned, all these things, the backgrounds. It's in there. Didn't even know that it existed before reading it. It was a fascinating look. I had no idea. I thought it was very interesting that these schools almost all came together. UCLA, SC, Washington, Stanford, and Cal. Okay, those schools have been grouped together forever. Then you have Army, Navy, and Air Force, the service academies. And then Notre Dame, Pitt, Penn State, and Syracuse to get the eastern side of things going together. And with the three service academies, you get the four eastern side schools, independents. You have an even conference. 
And uh, there's just no words. Imagine if there was an airplane conference. And you sit there for a moment. You think about it. Imagine if the Regents, the UC leadership, doesn't allow UCLA to move to the Big Ten. I can't say the airplane conference was a mistake, but someone should have been named the airplane conference. Why not? That's a massive mistake, which it would be if the Regents could not do anything. As we wrap up this show of Locked On UCLA, this has been Locked On UCLA. Get your hands in the air, Bruins fans, for Bruin A clap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U, C, L, A, U, C, L, A, fight, fight, fight. All discombobulated, got me energized and ready to go. Yeah, this is how we do it. This has been Locked On UCLA. Make sure to make your second listen. Locked On Pac-12 with Spencer McLaughlin. Otherwise, like, subscribe, comment on the YouTube or go to my Twitter handle, it's right there if you're watching on YouTube. Or just go like and subscribe on the audio side of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins!